At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Hank Haney Podcast, a production of iHeartRadio. Gonna tell it like it really is. We know Haney doesn't give a shit. Silencing critics, eliminate misses. Two chips never accept on shoulders to get better. Everybody knows the name. Read about it. We're golf teachers, Hall of Fame. Never doubt it. It's time for the truth. Here's our dude. You're listening to Haney. You're listening to Haney. You're listening to Haney. It's time for the truth, here's our dude. You're listening to Haney. Yeah. Listening to Haney. Welcome to the Hank Haney Podcast. Hank Haney and Minnesota Tim Parachka with you. Here to talk about the WGC Mexico tournament. A uh, big win by Patrick Reed and uh, Minnesota Tim. How you doing today? Hey, Hank, I'm doing great. It is like 45 degrees here in the great state of Minnesota. So I went for a run earlier. <laughs> I love you. I love your weather reports from Minnesota. That, that's a, that's a, that's what you call a serious heat wave. And it wasn't it like 40 below last week. Yes, it was. It was beautiful. B-E-A-utiful today. It was absolutely gorgeous. I went for a run. Everyone really? was outside. Everyone was outside this afternoon in Minnesota. Doing what? And when it's 45, it's not exactly hot and dusty. I mean, what do you do out there at 45 that you, you can't do at 35? I mean, I, let me, I don't understand it. <laughs> People were walking their dogs. People oh, were okay. That's running. People were running with their short sleeves and shorts. It was. Oh, my gosh. Everyone was Seriously? outside. Everyone, it was a heat wave. Hey, did you? Hey, by the way, you were going to go on your, you were going to go the ice fishing tournament this weekend, or ice fishing, or whatever you're going to do. What what happened on that? Yeah, I I, I didn't go, but uh, there was a big ice fishing tournament, big ice fishing tournament. Why was, weren't Why were you in it? Um, I wasn't invited. What What do they do at an ice fishing tournament? What What is that like? Just whoever pulls out the the biggest one wins. I mean, what? Yeah, it was a big bummer. You have any idea? It was yeah, it was a big bummer. I was sitting in a bar. And then the ice fishing tournament guys came in after the bar because they had a big <laughs> meat raffle. There was a big meat raffle after the ice fishing tournament. Opened. What's that? What does that mean? It means that people have these cards or whatever um, in their hand. It's like a number. They have like a number in their hand. And then it's like you draw a number out of a hat. And if you get that number, if it matches your ticket, then you win a bunch of meat. <laughs> Jeez. Is this like a raffle ticket or what is this? Yeah. Yeah. It's a small town ice fishing meat raffle. <laughs> Jeez. 
Okay. Who won? Who won? What did the guy win? A bunch of beef? I mean, it was steak or <laughs> yeah. a filet or a pot roast? What did he win? Yeah, a bunch of meat. Yeah, I won a bunch oh, of man. meat. It was a big bummer of a tournament, though. I was sitting in there and I was asking people about how it went. Yeah, what did they say? So there was a bunch of teams. There must have been a dozen teams. They caught three fish the entire day. What, what do you mean? The whole tournament did? Yeah, the whole tournament caught three fish. So they were pissed. <laughs> They were mad. Yeah. <laughs> How long did they fish to get three fish with a whole 12 teams? How many men on a team? Uh, there were, uh, I don't know how many men there were on the team. I, they didn't, I couldn't tell. Um, probably three or four, I would imagine. Okay, so f- 36 to 48 participants, and they caught a total of three fish. Yeah. Wow. Oh, man. Yeah. I got I would, For a couple I would, hours I'd out love there, to they see caught this, three this fish. fishing tournament, ice fishing tournament. My guys, why weren't you in it? I wasn't invited, and I didn't even know what was happening, but I was bowling with my cousin at the time, and uh, and they all came in afterwards. They were telling me about it. They were they were all mm-hmm. telling us about the big ice fishing tournament and how frustrated they were, how pissed off they were that they only caught three fish. So it was it was interesting to see everyone come in fired up and upset about um, three fish. So. <laughs> so you were at the bar. Did you watch golf tournament? I did watch the golf tournament, yeah. Yep. What uh what what did you think? Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed, he better get fitted for that green jacket, for that uh gold jacket, the uh Hall of Fame jacket. <laughs> oh, he's got eight wins. He's got eight wins and one major. I think you need to get two majors or ten wins. I guess he's he's gonna get there though. There's no doubt about that. And he'll probably Ryder get Ryder Cup and President's Cup yeah champion does that count as anything for for a hall of fame i mean i guess it might count for something he yeah you're you're right he's probably gonna get there uh he's he's certainly very close right now one more major would get him there and a couple more wins and you know yeah he'll probably get there that's a good point that was a big win for him big win big win Uh, a lot of stuff to a lot of stuff to talk about in the tournament uh first off let's start with the golf course and do you like watching that kind of golf course? What, give, give me your views on that. You're, you're an everyman golfer. Did you like the course? I I really did enjoy the course, yeah. Okay. And uh, the, the score was lower this year than it was last year. Dustin Johnson uh, blitzed the field last year, shooting 21 under. Sc- winning score this year, 18 under. So, so higher, it's not, higher score. Higher score right, this year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. H- higher score. So it's not a ridiculous number of under par. So... It is a fun golf course to watch. It's it's great. To, there's a lot of trees clearly on off the fairway, um, and it's fun to see players attack the greens from the tees on par fours. The first hole is a drivable par four, and it's it's fun to see players attack those pins uh, with three woods or drivers. I, I enjoy watching guys go after it, and um, there there were some times where they didn't go after. It. I think Patrick Reed on the on the third or fourth hole. Uh, Justin Thomas and uh, the other guy, I can't remember his name, is like Van Royen or yeah, Van Eric, Buren or something. Yeah, Eric Van Royen from South Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah that guy. They <laughs> both went after the green, and then Patrick Reed took an iron and put it in the fairway. So it was it was, in, it was fascinating to see the different strategies off the tee um, in this tournament. No, I mean, I, I, I liked it. I think it, it, and the course plays really short because of the elevation to Mexico City. The ball goes a lot, a lot farther, and yet – you know the the players don't really eat it up. There's a few things to consider about the golf course. One th- that they the rough in the trees is you know really non-existent. So when you get a ball going sideways and it gets into the trees, if it doesn't happen to hit one of the trees, which a lot of them do, but if it didn't hit one of the trees, that thing can take off forever and and get in some bad spots. And then you get to see players punch out. There's there's been this discussion that people have had that. Like at Augusta, when they've put the the rough in, or they don't like to call it rough, they call it the second cut. You know, they got to be different there. It's it's it's, a, it's not the rough; it's the second cut. Uh, they're not fans. Uh, they're not a gallery. They're patrons. You know, they got they got a, a few things over there. But uh, when they when they put the rough in, it kept the balls from running into the trees, into the pine trees, into the pine straw. A lot of people think that it was actually better and, and harder be, before they did that. I think the the golf course in Mexico City, uh, Club de Golf Chapultepec or whatever it's called, uh, that was uh, that was a good example of the fact that if you let the ball run, 
Uh, it'll it'll present some interesting shots, and it's 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 fun to see the players play different shots, different punch shots. And I I, I thought the golf course played great, and it just kind of makes you wonder about the, this whole golf ball going too too far theory. Which you know, I mean, it's it's not a theory; it's reality that it it does go farther than it used to. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but and, and whether it's equipment of the ball or combination of both, or the players, I mean, we, we we you know been through this discussion a million times. But like you said, the winning score was higher this year than it was last year, and you know there isn't really any evidence to to back up the fact that. You know, the game is getting too easy or they're shooting too low of scores because it's just really, really not happening. And even though the golf course plays very short because of the, uh, well, the altitude and how long the players are today, it's still played very interesting. And they had to hit a lot of different shots. And it's certainly a different kind of golf course. So, you know, but at the end, you had a good mix. I mean, Patrick Reed's not the, the longest hitter. Uh, Rom's long, Bryson DeChambeau's long, uh, and obviously Rory is is long. And uh, Eric uh, Van Royen, he, he looks like he can send it too. So, and you know, Justin Thomas was right up there. Uh, you know, he had a rough last day, but you know, you and then you got some shorter hitters. So Horschel's not uh, the, the longest. Kevin Nas not anywhere near the longest. These guys were all top ten. Uh, Tyler Hatton top ten too. Well, it's a good mix. It seems like a golf course that a lot of different players can play good. I, I like watching that tournament. I, I like what you said. I like the fact that they can drive the first hole. And uh, that's kind of uh, where it started for Bryson DeChambeau. Now, he ends up losing by a shot to uh, Patrick Reed. And we're going to get to Patrick Reed. But let's just talk about uh, some of the, the things that I saw today and yesterday and the observations that, that I have here. Um, one, you can't win a golf tournament when you have three three putts on Sunday, and that's what Bryson DeChambeau had. Now, the one that uh, kind of sealed his fate was the the three putt on on seventeen. Now, I, I you know I I, I thought the uh, announcing was better; it's tolerable on on NBC for sure compared to CBS. But that uh, I don't know if they they really said how bad that shot was on 17 by DeChambeau. And I'm talking about the, the tee shot. That's a pitching wedge shot. Uh, he spins the ball back 30 feet. And so so he's he's missed his mark where he wants it to land. He He's put too much spin on the ball, bringing it back. He leaves himself a 60 or 70 foot putt. I mean, that was just for, for a, to a pitching wedge shot. I mean, that was just an absolute awful Awful shot. Now, I don't even, maybe he didn't even hit pitching wedge. He may hit gap wedge. And what happens sometimes is when a player swings extra hard, like you're in between clubs, and he thinks, okay, this is a pitching wedge, it's a little pitching wedge, or a big gap wedge. And he hits the big gap wedge, but he knows, okay, I got to hit this extra hard. So he hits it extra hard. And that what that does is it puts more spin on the ball. And then it turns out that even extra hard wasn't long enough because if you're going to hit it with that much spin, he'd have to fly it all the way to the back of the green, but he didn't. And he landed it right in the middle of the green. The thing spins back, and I, you could just see the writing on the wall. When he was over that putt, uh, DeChambeau on 17, I was thinking to myself, I mean, he may putt this right off the green, and he just about did. I mean, his his putting is is not, uh, you know, it, it's it's not great. I mean, he actually had a you know a good putting tournament. Um, you know, finished uh, third in putting, and that's about you know that'll be his best putting tournament of the year. You can take that one to the bank right there. He won't he won't putt better than that. Six point three shots gained with the putter, and it's uh, still uh, one not enough because Patrick Reed just was was off the charts good. But uh, Deschambeau with with three three putts, that's uh, a you know a, a just I mean to lose by one with three three putts on the on the. Last day, and he started off driving the first green. You know, that was a reachable par four, hit it on the green, and started off the first hole with a three putt. So, he, you know, three putts one on one and three putts one on 17, made a few in between for sure. But that's 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 not a formula for winning. It just doesn't work. He left himself 73 feet on the uh, 17th yeah. green. To try and two putt. Yeah, no, he's not gonna. That's not gonna happen. Not very often. Not unless he makes a you know six, eight, ten foot putt because he's just not, he's not that, that good of a lag putter. He he looks like the he when he sets up to the ball. I mean, Paul Azinger was pointing out his you know setup and how he stands up to the ball and his every is lined up. His shoulders are lined up and his arms lined up and his feet are lined. Everything's lined up. He looks like the 
he looks like the Tin Man from uh, Wizard of Oz. I mean, he's like, is it? No, I mean, is it possible to be any stiffer? He's an oil can. I mean, he couldn't be any stiffer than he is when he addresses the ball. And that was, uh, you know, I, I kind of felt bad for him, but he's just, he's, you know, he's, he's a, he's a good player. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he's a very good player, uh, but he has trouble finishing too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting when you talk about that putting technique, about the tin man from the Wizard of Oz, Hank, because when I think about great putters, obviously Tiger's one of them. But one of the other ones that I've listened to for a couple of years is Ben Crenshaw, and he always talks about how important it is to putt with feel on the greens. And it just seems like Bryson DeChambeau doesn't have any of that going on in his game. Well, he's got some, or he wouldn't be as great as he is. There's no, I mean, you take the worst putter on tour, and they're still they're still good. And like I said, DeChambeau had the best putting tournament that he's that he's had all year, and that he will have all year. But it it wasn't uh, wasn't good enough. So I think about how that it got away for him. Uh, I think about how it got away for Justin Thomas. Uh, now you before we went on, you had some thoughts on Justin Thomas, which uh, I need to set you straight on. I mean, you're, you're go ahead and say what you told me. Yeah, Justin Thomas choked in the final <laughs> round, two over seventy three. Hank, I mean, uh, it's not a course that's difficult. It's not a difficult. Well, what course. do you mean? These it's guys not a course are going low. Difficult. It's not a overly difficult golf course. There are some players that really struggle. Dustin Johnson played poorly given his status in the game. But you look at the, the top players in the game, Just uh, John Rahm, he just demolished this golf course. Well, he didn't demolish it or he would have won. He, he, John Rahm shot 15 under par. I mean, there's guys that shot 15 over par. It's, it's, listen, Justin Thomas, he, he had won 8 out of 11 times when he'd been on the lead going into the last round. Now it's 8 out of 12. So, he, I mean, that's a, that's a great percentage. I mean, it just it just is. I mean, that's a, if you win eight out of twelve times when you're you're on the lead on Sunday, your your, your percentage is is great. I mean, that just you're not going to win them all. I mean, now he's not Tiger Woods. Now Tiger Woods' percentage is is higher than than uh, Justin Thomas's, but Justin Thomas has a nice nice percentage there. I mean, that's that's not nothing to to be like ashamed of. Uh, it, it's not a guarantee you're going to win. When you've got a a one shot lead going into to Sunday, especially on a golf course where you could shoot some low scores, and, and there were low scores to be had out there, there's also high scores to be to be had out there too. But but if you're gonna you know look at a guy that just gives up one shot leads and he's choking, I, <laughs> I think I think you're a little you're you're a little off on that one there, Minnesota Tim. Well, two over, two over. Yeah, two over is two over. He didn't play good. There's no doubt about it. But he you know he had had a, a couple tough stretches in there and I'm sure he's disappointed but I don't know if I would say you know he just he choked I mean I'm not sure about that he had some bad shots for sure he got in trouble off the tee that was a big thing um you know his short game wasn't uh you know what it needed to be uh you know threw in a penalty shot on number seven uh you know had a chip out on number eight you know, so you go penalty shot, chip out, which is the same as, as really penalty shot, penalty shot. So you've got two penalty shots there. And then, you know, made a mess of number uh, uh, 10. You know, I mean, he 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 struggled. There's no there's no two ways about it. But anyway, he, he wins and he has won 66% of the time that he's on the lead going into Sunday's round. And that's a, a, a pretty good percentage. And if he has that percentage throughout his whole career, I think he'd be very happy with it. It was, you know, not an easy term to win, especially when Patrick Reed is just making every single putt he looks at. So, uh, I, I, I'm not going to be quite as rough on on uh, uh, Justin Thomas. I mean, I, you know, I mean, you could, I, if you're going to use that theory, I mean, it's, you know, 73 to last round. It's hard to back. He was 66, 65, second and third rounds. Hard to hard to back that up. I don't know. That's just what happens in golf. You're going to see it. You're going to see it every single week. You don't you don't always win when you're uh, on the on the lead on Sunday. All right. So what's the the percentage that guys win when they have a one shot lead on the PJ Tour on Sunday? What you what is that number? Can you look it up? Yeah, it's thirty six percent on the PJ okay, Tour European go. Tour over the last fifteen years. Okay, thirty six percent. 
Okay, we got to remember that. All right, so that that's not exactly a high number. I mean, you think if, if a guy doesn't close, he's a choker? I don't think that's fair, is it? Well, if you do you put Justin Thomas on the same pedestal as some of these other guys that are choking? Okay, that's a good point. That's a good point. But still, 36, so we'll, we'll move it up to 50% or 60%. But it's not 100. It's not 90 uh, you know, it's gonna it's gonna happen that you're gonna you're gonna give up a, a lead. Now he didn't even come close, really, and he ends up losing by by five. Uh, it was a it was a big big uh, you know difference. I mean, it looked like he was in charge and whatever, but not really. Uh, and you know, at the end, he wasn't even close. But it happens. Just scoffed. I don't. You know, the the fact of the matter is, is Justin Thomas. Um, you know he. He needs to putt better. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I've said this forever. Now he putted okay. He finished 14th in putting, but he didn't putt putt good enough. So, well, let's take a little break. When we come back, I'll, I'll spell out to you exactly why Patrick Reed won this tournament. It's very, very clear when you look at, at the the numbers. It's very, very clear. We'll be right back after we hear from our sponsors on the Hank Any Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. All right, Tim, I got I got all the information for you right here. All right, here, here you go. Patrick Reed, uh, he had 45 one-putts. Now, that equates to, uh, I, I think this is accurate, 99 putts for the week. That's the second time he's had that this year. Now, I, I don't, I, I can't tell you how many times guys would do that in a year. I mean, I said he did this at Century at the Tournament of Champions. I said that'll be the only time he does it all year. He's already done it a second time. Lost in the playoff at the Century Tournament of Champions uh, to Justin Thomas, but he, he he wins here. He gains 11.8 strokes on the field with his putter. Now he's 16th tee to green. Gained four shots on the field w- with, with that. And this statistic, you know, I mean, off the tee he was 43rd, got in a little trouble there. Uh, approach shots 27th, all around uh, around the green, he was fourth. Now, I would have to say he's the only player that's probably ever won a PGA Tour event with four shanks. Now, they were having trouble spitting that word out on 18 when he hit that shot, but that was a shank. Shank you very much. Uh, that was a hollow rocket. Uh, you know, he hits that shot, Paul Azinger said he's hit that shot, a similar shot three or four times. Now, on Saturday, he hit that shot, and they called it a shank. He must have shanked that, they said. That was like a partial shank on 18. It wasn't, you know, a, a, a total lateral, but it was close. And that's the only way that ball can get over them. When they showed the replay, you could see that he, 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 in fact, hit it off the hosel. Now, if he hits that thing another 
eighth of an inch off the hosel, it could have jarred it into that fence right there. Or if that was an out of bounds, it, w- it would have would have been there. Uh, he he got he got lucky there. He's making a move from the top. His swing looks a little different. You know, he always aims to the right. Uh, Patrick Reed does, and then he kind of pulls it with a hook back on line. Well, he's hitting a straighter shot. So what he's doing is is he's he's kind of pulling it and then drawing it a little bit. Uh, so he's aiming right and pulling it. And there's a little outside move he's making from the top of the swing that's that's a different move for him. The club's actually a little laid off at the top. It's pointed left. His feet are pointed right. His club's pointed left at the top. They're not matched up. That's something that's different for him. And he makes that outside move as he starts down. He's hitting those shots on the, on the hosel. But, like, you know, so many things with Patrick Reed, nothing seems to seems to phase him. He just goes about his his business, but I don't know how anybody could win a golf tournament with with four shanks. Well, I do know he could take take uh, you know a ninety nine putts, eleven point uh, eight putt strokes gained putting uh, advantage on the field. But let's look at what Bryson DeChambeau had. Bryson DeChambeau loses by one, and with the putter, he got beat by five, five and a half strokes. So there's a big, big, huge discrepancy there. Uh, DeChambeau was four shots better, four and a half shots better from tee to green. Um, but he was five and a half shots worse with the putter. And there's your one stroke difference right there. Just as, just as simple as that. And, uh, DeChambeau, uh, third putting and, you know, as, as good as he'll putt all year, as much as he three putts to finish third and putting for the week is, is pretty amazing. Uh, six tee to green, fourth off the tee. And it, it's not enough for the for the victory. And you look at it, let's look at uh, John Rahm. He tied for for third. Uh, John Rahm seventh in putting, five point three strokes gained with the putter. Loses to to uh, Patrick Reed with the putter by six and a half shots, and ends up losing losing by three. He outplays him three and a half shots tee to green, but loses on the the putter with six and a half shots. Uh, you know, difference of, of you know, you, you add those two things together, there's your three-shot difference right there from 18-under to 15-under for John Rahm. Uh, you look at uh, Eric Van Royen, uh, he was ninth in putting, good, great putting week, uh, fifth tee to green, great, but he had, uh, you know, 4.1 strokes gained putting. And, you know, <laughs> I mean, it, it's not good enough when you're when you're going against Patrick Reed. He, he loses to him seven shots with the putter. And ends up losing by three, even though he, he outplayed him tee to green by by four and a half shots, but not enough with the not enough with the putter. Roy McIlroy, twenty second in putting. You're not gonna, you know, when Patrick Reed's going with forty five one putts, and Rory's uh, got two strokes gained putting, and Patrick Reed's got eleven point eight, beats him nine point eight shots with the putter. Uh, Rory beats him uh, 5.8 shots with uh, the uh, ball striking, but uh, you know that's that's there's a difference right there. Rory Rory loses by four, and it's all with it's all with the putter. Uh, Justin Thomas uh, 3.5 strokes gained putting. He loses to Reed by uh, eight 8.3 shots with the, with the putter. And ends up losing by five shots, beats him Tita Green by three, but it's the five shots that he loses with the putter, and, and and there you go. I mean, it's just it's all just clear. I mean, you just you just look at the strokes gained putting and the strokes gained Tita Green, and you can go from Patrick Reed to Bryson DeChambeau to John Rahm to Eric Van Royen to Roy McRoy to Justin Thomas, and in every single case, it's just spelled out right there. And what happened was Patrick Reed just had an absolutely exceptional week with the putter. It's the second time he's done it this year. It's, it's not typically a, a repeatable formula when somebody has 45 one putts. Now, he is a fantastic putter, and he, he's, he doesn't probably get enough credit for his putting. But, you know, that's pretty special putting. And you know, to finish 16th tee to green is unusual to 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 win the golf tournament. But when you're that outstanding in one area, you can uh, get get a, get away with it. And that's how he, he he got to his victory right there. Yeah, here's a uh, here's a statistic for you right here, Hank. So uh, Justin Ray tweeted out that uh, Patrick Reed's strokes gained off the tee was negative 1.01, and in the shot link era, only two players have finished. Below, like worse in that category, and one on the PGA Tour. 
Hmm. Well, there you go. It uh, that's that's telling. But when you putt like he did, you can you can get away with anything. You know, he had eleven greens around. Now think about that. I mean, everybody that plays golf and. I don't, I don't care what level of golf you play to. You, I'm sure you have some idea of how many greens you hit in regulation. But he, he hits 11 greens in regulation on average. Now he hit uh, 12 one round, 10 the other, 11 the other two rounds. So an average of 11 greens in regulation. That means you're missing seven greens in regulation. Now you're shooting 18 under par. In order to shoot 18 under par, you, you've got you to make you know 18 birdies. Or you know, throw an eagle in there to offset uh, you know a, a one less birdie. But you got to have 18 birdies, and then you've got to get 28 times when you've missed the green. You've got to get those balls up and in, and that's your uh, that's your 46 shots right there. You had 45 one putts. So you, you, how do you counter that? Well, you drive a par four, or you hit a par five and two, and you know that that equals out that that other shot, and that's the that's the way you do it. Uh, you know, Patrick Reed thinks it's repeatable. Uh, you know, he, he he feels like he can do that every day. He, you know, I mean, I've, I've said it many times about Patrick Reed. You know, he is convinced that he is is incredibly good. <laughs> he's convinced he's great. Now, he was convinced of this a long time ago when he won his first you know, World Golf Championship, which this is now the second uh, World Golf Championship that that he's won. The, the second. They call it the, the second WGC Mexico uh, championship because this Mexico tournament used to be uh, the, the World Golf Championship derail, and now it's in Mexico. So what they do is whenever they move a tournament to a new location, it goes by the, the new name. You know, it, when you, you can go back in history and whatever it used to be called, now it's, it's, it's called the, the new name you know, forever. So they, he becomes the fifth player to, to win uh, this particular WGC event, which means he won it in Florida, even though it's in Mexico. But they call him the fifth player to win it multiple times. He's the 15th player to win multiple WGC tournaments. Uh, of course, Tiger leads that list by a mile. And, um, you know, it's a third come from behind win uh, on, on tour for, for Patrick Reed. I think the other thing you got to consider is is sometimes it's easier to come from behind than it is to be on the lead. And certainly different players are more comfortable with the lead or without the lead. But when you can kind of catch up to them, it's, it tends to be seemingly a little bit easier for, for some guys. Just because there's much less that much less pressure. You can just, yeah, free, I think less pressure, loose. less, less, you know, yeah, you're not. You don't have the mentality that hey, this is mine to lose. You're just, you know, you're going for it, and you're thinking, hey, I got a chance here at the end. It's it's, it's tough. I mean, it's tough to, it's tough to close. It's tough to close on Sunday. I mean, it, you know, and 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 you have people like you who say the guy choked when he's when he's closed sixty six percent of the time, and then he doesn't close, and sixty six is a great number, and then he doesn't close, and you think, oh, he choked. No, it's just it. it he's got who's who of golf behind him. And uh, the slimmest of slim leads, and and he you know doesn't get it done, and then you know it, it you think like that, and then he thinks like that. I mean, he thinks you know, hey, you know, I, I, this was my tournament to to win, but you're just not going to win them all. That's the the bottom line. That's the that's the that's the bottom line. Now you know John Rahm could have could have gotten the number one in the world if he would have won. Uh, I think Rory had to maybe finish one spot back uh, farther, but but because uh, Rory ended up finishing, I don't know what did he, what did Rory finish? He finished like fifth or something, but um, yeah, fifth. You know, he, he yeah he, he I think Rom could have got the, got to one, so that that's tight for the number one spot, and um, you know Reed's uh, moved up, and you know he's he's getting closer to what, where he said he was going to be. Uh, way back when, when he won at Terrell, the first WGC of any one, he said he's a top five player in the world and everybody scoffed at him. And now, uh, you know, here he is right there knocking on the door. He's a different cat. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and, uh, you know, he started the week off with the, having to answer more questions. I want to get into that a little bit. Uh, when we come back on the Hank Any podcast, we'll take another break here from our sponsors, including Voodoo Pain Relief Cream. If you've got aches and pains, arthritis pain, back pain, knee pain, muscle soreness from working out or jog, jogging or running a marathon like like Minnesota Tim, 
whatever whatever it is, uh, if you give Voodoo Pain Relief Cream a try, you will notice some uh, great, great relief. It's a fantastic product. The testimonials are off the charts. Go to VoodooPainRelief.com and check it out. You can also sign up right there for a free offer. Free, you get a free two-week supply of Voodoo Pain Relief Cream to try for yourself and see why people... I uh, think this product is is so fantastic. VoodooPainRelief.com. We'll be right back on the Hank Any Podcast. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun, such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney Collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility Dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. All right, so I was talking to uh, or texting with Josh Gregory. Now, he is uh, a performance coach. What, what that means is he helps players with how they practice. And Josh is a fantastic swing instructor, but most of what he does is, is help structure guys' practice and make sure they're tuned in with working on the right things and, uh, you know, really uh, puts a lot of emphasis on. Uh, their daily routine and so on and, and so forth. And he was also Patrick Reed's college coach. And when I I, I, I text him, I text him. I said, "I wonder if anybody's ever won a BJ Tour event with four shanks." And he said, "This guy has the best short game on tour." Now I don't statistically it's not, but I mean that's what you know. This is what Josh Gregory says. You know, it's funny how people always say this guy's got this or this guy's got that. Um, you know, everybody says Phil Mickelson has the best short game on tour, but statistically, it doesn't. It, that doesn't bear out. Uh, but he does hit absolutely, you know, just phenomenal shots. But Patrick Reed is 80th around the green in 2020. In 2019, he was 14th around the green. I'm talking about strokes gained. Okay, now 2018, he was second, which you know that's. Pretty darn close to, to first uh, 29th in, in 2007. But you get my point. I mean, it, you know, Josh says, you know, he's got the best short game on tour. Well, he's eighth in, in, in 2016. So, you know, typically he's pretty much right there. Uh, you know, never worse than 20-something and, and as high as second through his career. But, you know, Josh has, you know, been around him a lot, watched him in action, and, and thinks his short game's just absolutely – you know, fantastic. Uh, he's he's also a, a clearly a very good putter. You wouldn't be able to go around in 99 putts, 45, 45 one putts. But the other thing that Josh said, he's just got the biggest he, – he says he's he's got the biggest balls on tour. And, I mean, he started off the week, Tim, with having to answer more questions about this Bahamas deal, the, you know, uh, Kepka. Yep. was was interviewed on Sirius XM and you know and I don't know if he flat called him a cheater or what he did but he he, he did say he was I don't know what he was he said I, what did he say like I don't know what he was doing over there or building sandcastles or something 
Yeah, he was building sand castles down in the green, and he was saying that um, he's seen a bunch of players cheat over the years, and if he and now that he feels like he's one of the best players in the world, he now feels obligated to say something if he ever sees that again. But yeah, the main thing he said was that he was building sand castles in the bunker. Yeah, in the bunker, and then uh, of course Peter Costas came out. He was on the No Laying Up podcast, and he was he was on Patrick Reed too about. The fact that he's he sees him tapping his his club down behind the ball in the rough sometimes, and that you know is a, another way to kind of improve your lie. I mean, you know, some of that is is a just you know kind of how you 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 start off playing golf, and this is one of the, you know you start off playing golf, and you you put your club down behind the ball, and you to see if you think you could hit that shot. Now, depending, you know, can I, can I get this club underneath the golf ball? I mean, that's, I, I remember doing that when I started playing golf. Now, if you do that in the rough, you know, people are looking at you and thinking, you know, he's pushing the grass down and it's improving his lie because whatever amount he pushes the grass down, it doesn't spring back to that exact same position that it was in so he's improved his lie. And I guess, you know, this happened somewhere and Peter Costa saw him and said, I saw him put his club behind the ball four times and then en- ends up hitting a, a wood out of there when he, he said that when I saw the lie at, at first, didn't look like he could hit a wedge out of there. The point is, 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 is Patrick Reed has to answer these questions at the beginning of the week because Kepka said something and Kepka's, you know, the, you know, one of the biggest names in the game without a doubt. And when, they asked Patrick Reed about it, though. He's just like, I don't pay any attention to it. I'm just here to hit golf shots and win a win a golf tournament. That's what I'm here for. And I mean, it's listen. Either he has no conscience, or he has no nothing on his conscience because he doesn't feel like he ever did anything wrong, Tim. Because I mean, I mean, how else can you can you define it? It is because of the way that he performs. With I mean, he did the same thing. He played, you know, he played good at the Presidents Cup with all the heat on him there. Uh, he played, you know, great this week with you know Kepka, one of the biggest names in the game. You'd think that you know if somebody like had cheating on their conscience, I mean, it would be a little rough for them to to perform in that kind of a situation, wouldn't you? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it seems like Patrick Reed is so used to playing with controversy whether it's the um, Ryder Cup uh, controversy a couple of years ago generated because he didn't get paired with Jordan Spieth over in Paris, or it's the Ryder Cup the year before when he got fired up with Roy McIlroy over here at in the great state of Minnesota at Hazeltine, or if it's this bunker thing, or if it's his wife reaching out to Ledbetter, or if it's his, obviously we, his family, we don't really want to touch about that because who knows? That's none of our business. But it's, it's just he's so used to playing with all of these controversies surrounding him that it really doesn't bother him anymore. And like you said, Hank, whether he recognizes it or he's just so oblivious to it, it doesn't matter because eight wins, 29 years old, two World Golf Championships, a Masters, Ryder Cup, President's Cup. I mean, this guy has created a hell of a career for himself. And I mean, it's just it's it's spectacular what he's been do, what he's been able to do. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just it's him against the world, you know. And that's just kind of the, the way it is. Him and his team, because he he mentions his team a lot. Uh, whoever's his team, his coaches, his his uh, you know caddy. wife, his caddy. I mean, his team, him and his team, uh, them against the, the the world. And you know, I listen. I, you know, people get on me. They think, oh, you know, you're, you're just, you know, you're not telling it like it is. You're, you're, you know, you're sugarcoating on Patrick Reed. And I, I like, I just, I, I don't know what to think about the whole thing. I mean, it's just, it's just certain things just have never made sense to me. One, how can a guy play with no conscience if if he's done something wrong? And, and really feels like he's done something wrong or knew he did something wrong. How could he How could he go out there and play when people call it on him and he plays great? So that makes me think, you know, in his mind, he doesn't think he did anything wrong or he thinks he did something wrong, but he paid the penalty for, for getting the penalty. He didn't, he, you know, he didn't mean to hit the sand, but he did. 
you know, I mean, the, 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 maybe he's, he's always taken practice swings. Like, I don't know. I mean, I've just like, I, but I don't know how you can, you, you can label people cheaters uh, when, you know, you, you, you don't know what's going on in their mind. You know, and and I, I don't know. I just find it. I just find it hard to do. So, uh, I guess I, maybe that's uh, you know people disagree with that on Patrick Reed, but I mean that's just my thought on Patrick Reed. I I, I just I, and I you know if the guy people say oh he's he's building sandcastles he's cheating and I'm like why would he do how how in the world would he do that why would he do that with the television cameras right on him he knows the television cameras are going to be right on him and, and I mean. I, I, I I don't know, but he just he just kind of like none of it bothers him. Like I'll give you another example. When he marked his ball on eighteen, he had a two foot putt and he marked his ball on eighteen, and he slid that coin in there so close to that ball that everybody who thinks he he cheats is looking to make sure he puts that ball back in the same place. Now, if it was me, I would have put that coin a little further back. To make sure nobody would ever, ever, ever even think about accusing me of that. But when he put the ball back, he put that thing snug up against the coin again. So there's no doubt that he put it back to where he took it from. I'm just saying that when he he marked it like that, I said, oh boy. I mean, if he puts that thing like a a fraction of a fraction in front of the coin, people are going to like be calling in like crazy saying that way he didn't. But he he didn't give himself much room. He really just had to touch the coin when he when he put the the, the mark to it. Maybe that's just how he marks the ball all the time. I don't know. I I, I just think the guy's the guy is a heck of a player. He's 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 not that great of a ball striker. He's getting better. His statistics are getting better. He's not the you know he's not the longest hitter, but boy, he thinks he's great, and uh, you know he's improving. I mean, he's 35th for the year in approach shots to the green, 124th off the tee. That's not very good. Um, but he's fourth in putting so far this year. He's having a great putting year so far. Uh, driving distance, 161st. Driving accuracy, 170th, 188th in greens of regulation. I mean, it's just, you know, you look at his statistics and you think, I mean, how does this guy do what he does? Uh, he's played in seven tournaments. He's got a first, a second, four top tens, five top twenty fives. He's missed one cut, and you know missed the cut at Sony in the Hawaiian Open. He's pretty good, and now he's uh, what is he in the world? Eighth. Is he up to eighth in the world? Huh? It's pretty darn good. You know, and, 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 and like you said, he's probably on his way to the Hall of Fame. Is what he's what he's on his on his way to. Uh, I hope he just keeps playing good, and I hope the controversy goes away. But I don't think he really cares one way or another, to be honest with you. I think he's in, you know, in his mind, uh, whether it's true or not, his conscience is clear, and he's just pressing on, thinking about winning golf tournaments. And he's a formidable player when he gets it going. He, he, you know, you talk about somebody that's not, you know, that's very clear. Uh, about Patrick Reed, and I don't, I don't you know, I, I think it's hard to finish. So I don't, I'm not going to criticize guys totally for not finishing. To be honest with you, especially when they they do it a lot of times, and sometimes they don't. But Patrick Reed is somebody that clearly is not scared to finish the deal, clearly. And you know, but it, but certain skills make it easier for you to finish. And when you can putt like he can, and you can chip like he can, then you got a lot easier road to finishing. Then you do like, for instance, Bryson DeChambeau, who, you know, gets out there and, and three putts three times on Sunday. It's kind of hard to finish. So, anyway, that's my thoughts on the whole thing. Yeah, I would love to. We're wrapping up the podcast now, clearly, Hank. But maybe tomorrow on the podcast, I can explain to you why Patrick Reed is great for the tour. Okay, good. Let's do it. That's that's uh, that's, uh, that's that's good. I mean, I, you know, that it was fun watching. It was a, fun to watch the 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 tournament. It was a good leaderboard. You know, one of the reasons it was a good leaderboard there was only seventy two guys playing, and uh, for the most part, all the best players were there. Missed a couple. I mean, you know, there was a few guys missing. Uh, Kepka was missing, and what you know, who else was missing? Justin Rose and Stinson. I mean, there's guys missing, but there, Ricky Fowler wasn't there. Tiger wasn't there. 
but you had a good field and you had a smaller field. And that's, you know, kind of one of the things uh, that they're trying to get done with this Premier Golf League deal. So we're going to get into to that discussion more uh, this week week as well. But uh, that's, uh, that's kind of the recap on the uh, WGC Mexico tournament. All right, remember, if you've got uh, questions or comments, you can call us at 833-426-5763, extension 801. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Hank Haney. Email us questions to hankhaneygolf at outlook.com. Minnesota Tim will get all those. And make sure you click the follow button on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts so that you uh, get our podcast every every day. I uh, hope everybody has a great day. We'll be back again tomorrow on the Hank Haney Podcast. Thanks for tuning into the Hank Haney Podcast. Listen, follow, rate, and share on iTunes, on the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can make your thoughts and questions heard by emailing the show at hankhaneygoff at outlook.com. And you can also tweet me directly by sending your tweets to at Hank Haney on Twitter. The Hank Haney Podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.